0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Suzy Ann. And this is your host, Suzy Ann. Our topic for today is the Ten Commandments. Many of us would think that the meanings of these are very simple, yet we still break these commandments unknowingly. Some of us, because of lack of knowledge, even categorize sin, not understanding that each commandment is tied into all the others, which means if broken, breaks all the rest, according to James 2 verse 10. All ten commandments are equally important and have deep meanings that not only the prophets but Yahushua, tried to help us understand when we obey the law we are sparing our own lives maintaining our posterity and strengthening our relationship with our creator and savior matthew 22 verses 37 to 40 says yahushua said unto him thou shalt love yah thy elohim with all thy heart And with all thy soul and with all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets the ten commandments are a sub to these and under the ten commandments are approximately 612 laws This is a brief overview of those 612 laws under the Ten Commandments and how, if they are observed, they are concluded as acts of love. Deuteronomy 12, verses 28 and 32. Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of Yahuwah thy Elohim. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt add, not add thereto, nor diminish from it. So we're going to start here with... Commandment number one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's Exodus 20 verses 3. What is a god? While this question must be asked, it cannot be answered objectively. Because without a shadow of a doubt, there are no other supreme beings that is more powerful and wise as our creator. And let me apologize if you're hearing your rooster. I don't know what's going on with him this morning. Uh, just bear with me. Being the creator of all things, whether demons or angels, means that there is nothing and no one else worth worshipping. That being said, what then is this commandment referring to? It is referring to an idea or a concept that is impressed upon a thing or person which is then followed by blind and excessive adoration aka worship basically what elohim is asking us is not to cast the role of god on anyone or anything else because there's no one or nothing else that can fill that role It doesn't matter what we choose to believe, it cannot change the truth, which is the absolute spirit that he is. We not only embarrass and confuse ourselves and others when we do this thing, but we also put ourselves at risk of being a prey to the dragon. Our idea may keep us in denial, but it won't protect us from the many dangers that we have left ourselves open to. If we break this commandment, we break all ten. Because it is impossible to serve more than one master, especially if one is the one and only Almighty and living Elohim, and the other is uh, just not. He alone deserves the honor and adoration simply because of who he is, because he represents and because of what he represents, and because there is none like him. Moving on to commandment number two Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. That's coming from Exodus 20, verses 4 to 6. Initially, we thought this meant not to create any image whatsoever, but that would make Elohim a contrary person, since he himself made us with these talents to recreate images of the world around us. Not every image is created to imitate, but some are to appreciate. And appreciation doesn't necessarily mean worship, at least not to what the work of art is based upon. Good thing we have the scripture to give us a clear view of what type is an illegal image. Leviticus 26 verses 1 Ye shall make no idols, nor graven image, neither rear up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it. For I am Yahuwah your Elohim. Hosea 13 verse 2 And now they sin more and more and have made them molten images of their silver and idols according to their own understanding, all of it the work of the craftsmen, they say of them, Let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. In Micah 5 verses 13, Thy graven images also will I cut off, and thy standing images out of the midst of thee, and thou shalt no more worship the work of thine hands. So this points out both type and purpose. Not all images are created for the express purpose of worship. Once we know that part of logic, then we can move on. The next point is that flat images are not what is in question here. The commandment is speaking against imitations as well as works of art. Statues of clay and stone, wood carvings, architecture... Did I say texture? Sorry. Architecture... Whether they are a likeness of a person, thing, or just a sacred pillar. Especially for the express purpose of worship, it is an abomination. And um, let me add, add right here that purpose is very important. Is the thing that we are doing practical? and i look nowadays and people are doing things that make no sense and before i never thought about it but you know the more and more deeper that we go into you know the word and you know we grow in the spirit there are things that the ruach brings over unto us to show us that we ourselves are destroying ourselves okay so people used to be buried And they never used to have like tombstones. I mean, they might have like some type of wooden, you know, some wooden cross or something like that to put over. But at least the wood would break down, you know. And they would just be covered with dirt. And then afterwards you know after like a few years or so you know everything that was there to mark them disappears now to us that might seem like a daunting idea not to know where our loved ones are buried anymore but here's the thing if everybody that has died had a tombstone at their grave there would be no land left for the living. And this is, this is the reality. If all of who had died, the billions and the zillions of people who died before us, had a tombstone everywhere they were buried, we would not have land to live. A lot of us don't even know that the places that we live right now, there are people dead and buried under there. And you might think that's bad, but it's not bad. People die, okay? People die, they go back to the earth. And the people who live, continue to live. This flesh bag that we're in, It's nothing for us to, you know, treat as sacred. It's going to break down and dissolve into nothing. And the soul is asleep until Yahuwah Yahuwah is ready for us to wake up. When Yahushua comes back and wakes us up, It's not going to even matter if we are even lying down under a house because there's no form of grave that can hold our soul down. And we need to learn how to let go. The biggest problem in this world now is that we're so emotional and we don't know how to let go. This is why people, the scientists are coming up with new ways for people to talk to the dead. We don't want to let go. Holding on to the people, you know, to the memory of these people doesn't mean that they're going to come back to life. And memories live in our minds. They don't live in the physical. I think a lot of us are so emotional that we end up worshipping the dead. without even knowing it. Where I live, people are running out of land to put people, to to bury people. And the thing is, more people are dying today than they used to die before. We don't even recognize it. And because of our modern day style of burying people, there'll soon be nowhere to bury people. Some of us, actually most of us treat the dead people, um, the burial of dead people a lot better than we treated them in real life. We build this big shrine over their thing or we build this um, nice carved stone or we tile it over or whatever. Or we build uh, like uh, a sort of uh, fence around them and plant flowers in there. I think we have become a very selfish world That we love the dead more than we love the living And Yahuwah said that he is A Elohim of the living, not of the dead We need to love We need to love And love enough to let go the world is being, is, is teaching us to, to obsess over things, being idolaters, even in relationships nowadays, and I know I'm rambling, but even in relationships nowadays, when I look at um, the movies that they make, um, the person who's obsessed over this person that barely gives them any form of attention, you know. That to people nowadays is love. If he keeps sticking to it, even though this person is taking this person for granted and somehow eventually this person turns around to appreciate them. No. If I love a person and I'm showing them that I love them and they are taking it for granted, And they're even treating me bad. I am going to stop. I am going to let them go. Because a lot of us, what we do, we obsess over people and we treat them. We spoil them, actually. And when we spoil them, they take us for granted. And that's just how the world works. However, if you put in some effort and you put in the effort and they see the effort, but they start to expect it from you instead of reciprocating, it is time for you to step back and let them know what it is like to be without you. Now, if this person is for you, they will appreciate you when you step back and you're no longer around for them all the time. However, if this person was not for you, then it will prove to you that you were just wasting your time. So that's another form of idolatry in its sense. We need to learn how to let go. Now, there are paintings and photos that are made for others or self-idolatry. They are in the bracket as well. We think that just because we don't have a mini statue in our house, we are safe. But do not count the fake flowers, the fake ornaments, the teddy bear that looks like a real animal, etc. These might seem harmless, yet they add to both our laziness, not wanting to take care of the real thing, and to our weekly chores of dusting and washing. It is all vanity, one of the main things that Elohim hates, moving away from vanity. There is also the concept I mentioned earlier, we choose things to obsess over. Saying that they make us happy when they only do a part of the job. Sometimes it's only our denial that is really making us happy. Some of us choose a spouse, a job, a child, a friend, a church membership, wealth, and ourselves as our God. Anything that takes up most of our mental space, our time, our energy, our effort, rules, our emotions, and the focus of our desire is our God. So not all concepts are focused on handmade items, but sometimes creatures and close human beings. In talking about handmade, sometimes we praise our achievements, which is a sub to serving ourselves. The degree or car that we worked hard and bought gets so much attention and you barely let anyone drive in it. We look at it and beat our gorilla chest and say, I did this, like King Nebuchadnezzar. We do this many times, not understanding that if we didn't get permission or favor from Yahuwah, all our work would have gone in vain by some evil travail. Idolatry is not just one thing, but many things. And this is why it easily besets us. Here, we will list the different forms of idolatry. 1. Stubbornness slash disobedience. Yes, I said slash. If you are not serving Elohim, you are serving Satan, which automatically means idolatry. All acts of sin are idolatry and all sins are equally abominable. Do not think that there is any gray area because you do not determine your own ways. There are two sides, freedom and captivity. The only person that can free you from captivity is Yahushua. Therefore, when you are freed, you serve him out of love and not deceit. Jeremiah 10, verses 23 to 24 says, O Adon, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Yahuwah correct me, with, but with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. In Luke 16, verses 10, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least, is unjust also in much. Matthew 5 verse 19 also declares, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now this includes disobedience to the sub-laws such as food laws, Leviticus 11, fornication law, annual shabbats, modesty law, unequal yoke law, unending marriage law, etc., These 612 laws are all equally important with the revisions made under what we refer to as the New Covenant and are to be observed. Number 2. Paganism. Leviticus 18 verses 3 commands, After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. We may not know this, but these idolaters had many customs, including incest, human sacrifices, and ornamentation. And when I call that ornamentation, I mean, you know all sorts of different things they do to their outside as i like to call it in egypt many of these things that we take so much pleasure in started or is very prevalent so they either started in egypt or they're very prevalent in egypt graven images jewelry making and wearing tattooing makeup body paint, hair extensions, and hair dyes. Egyptians and Chinese love to paint their nails. Also, all the fake things we love to put on or inside our body, all acts of idolatry. Understand that the scripture says that Yahuwah is a spirit and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If it is vain and carnal, then it cannot be spiritual. If it is not real, then it must be fake and therefore a lie. Revelation 21 verses 27 says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defile it, neither whatsoever work it abomination or make it a lie, but they are which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And let me say this. A lot of us called are being tricked by the places that we are, the places where we live, and the places where we're working now. You need to understand that this is not a different dispensation. As Solomon says, What was, will be. There's nothing new under the sun. I don't understand why people in modern day live in these places. America is a Babylonian place. Why are we acting as if it's not a pagan place? Its culture is pagan. And so are most of every other country in the world. They're all pagan. Do they do they serve Yahushua? No, they do not. And I don't get why we know it's just that we don't even we don't even wrap her, we don't even wrap it around our minds that all of these nations are pagan. They don't serve Yahushua. Yahushua is not the head of their nation. It was the same back then when the entire world had their own gods. And Yahuwah called out Abraham, he left out at Babylon, and came unto the land which Yahuwah promised to him and his generations to create a nation out of them that would serve Him and Him alone. That was not happening in the earth. There was no nation at all that was serving Him. And it's back to that point right now. The only known nation that is serving Him is His Kodeshim, His set-apart ones. And they are scattered. They're not in one place. There's not even a lot of them comparing to the rest of the population of the world. So please, when we're talking about these things, because I heard someone the other day talking nonsense about the fact that, okay, in the Western world, men don't wear skirts because... We see it as feminine, but in Scotland, they don't see it as feminine, so it's not wrong there. Does Yahuwah change? I'm sure he said in Malachi that he changes not. So the same rule and the same way he sees things in the West is the same way he sees things in the East. People do not set rules. Culture does not set rules. Society does not set rules. Yahuwah sets rules. And if he says do not wear what pertaineth to a man and do not wear what pertaineth to a woman, he didn't even say, because I see people even change what the word says and say do not wear garment. No, he didn't say garment. He said don't wear what pertaineth. It. So it means whatever it is that it pertains to. understand and people will go about and say all sorts of things like um they didn't know of the jews wearing pants they used to wear robes and whatever but they weren't wearing skirts though they were not wearing skirts you could not catch anybody wearing a skirt and a robe is still a unisex thing even until today's day that has not changed They used to wear robes or tunics and even if they have on the tunic, the tunic would not be by itself. They'd wear a tunic, a girdle, and a mantle. So they'd still look different from us who would wear dresses. See difference. We didn't wear tunics, we wear dresses. And people used to wear tunics under armor when they used to go to war. So we know the difference. We're just trying to find arguments to defend what we wear. Because we want to wear it. Again, stubbornness and disobedience. Another type of idolatry. That's why the Bible says that stubbornness is worse. It, 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 stubbornness is as witchcraft. And idolatry. So we need to stop the nonsense. We know that where we live right now is pagan. All of the world right now is being ruled by Satan. So you can't sorry, you can't live by the dictates of the world anymore. The world does not regard Yahuwah as as God anymore. It doesn't matter what they say. All people right now are like the Samaritan woman. Worshiping, they know not what they worship. So let's stick to the Bible and stick to the Ruach HaKodesh you feel me awesome let's move on to the next type of idolatry which is adultery I know it falls under the term sin so it already is factored as idolatry yet this here is a deeper crime that we must investigate when we marry we become one unit whom are married to Elohim. Even without being married to a human, the scripture says in Isaiah 54 verses 5 that our maker is our husband. So once we stop doing what he likes and start doing what the other person likes, it is an act of both adultery and idolatry. Infidelity starts from the heart, so when our heart shifts focus, then we are caught in idolatry. It hurts just the same when we do it to the spouse because we are doing the opposite of what Elohim reveres, which is sanctity and faithfulness. The next point here is vain worship. Religion is what vain worship is all about. Um, I read earlier that religion. Um, to I guess reattach to reattach so it means that we're supposed to you know a relationship was broken and um, you're supposed to uh, I guess reattach reconcile but that the meaning of the word doesn't carry what it is today which is why I don't even like to say that my faith is a religion because Religion right now, people don't even use the meaning of religion. Religion is just like a label of what people are doing today. Religion, as I said, is what vain worship is all about. Whether it's serving another religion completely or just a different denomination, it is an act of idolatry. 1 Corinthians 1 verses 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Adon Yahushua Amashiach, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You've heard this line many times in movies divide and conquer, which is exactly the plan of the enemy. How does this plan work? To have all of us lean on our own understanding and not the Ruach HaKodesh. And make us too arrogant and stiff-hearted to reason with anyone about our beliefs. Our beliefs sorry, In this situation, our idol is our own ideas in our own head. Which is not backed up by Yahushua. Sometimes we make powerful people, whether by wealth or status or both, or our church leaders, our idol, and trust in them over the word. Religion is more about a routine of rules that are subjective and not about a relationship. So it has no place in spirituality, which is personal and based upon righteousness and love. People need to have a conviction about what they are doing for it to mean anything. Also, their convictions have to be rightly aligned with the word. In Jeremiah 9, it says, Who is the wise man that may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of Yahuwah hath spoken, that he may declare it? For what the land perisheth, and is burnt up like a wilderness that none passeth through. And Yahuwah saith, because they have forsaken my law which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice, neither what therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. And that's Jeremiah 9 verses 12 to 14. So let's move on to the next point, which is the love of the world. It's another form of idolatry. First John 2 verses 15 commands Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If the man, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Earlier I was rambling about or people are trying to merge culture into Bible. Culture has nothing to do with Bible. Because if we If we checked the origin, the etymology of a lot of these things that are a part of the culture of the place that we live, we would realize that it's coming from a pagan place and it is an abomination unto Yah. He says we're not to add anything or diminish from it. So anything you obsessively love in this world is your idol, and it will consume you. So if I'm telling you that this is wrong, and you say, whatever, um, Yahuwah doesn't care about this, and Yahuwah doesn't care about Yahweh Yahuwah cares about everything on our bodies. Yahuwah says our, the hairs on our bodies are numbered. And if He cares about the number of hairs that are on our bodies, of course He cares about what we put on our bodies. Especially if it does harm to us over time. If I love money, I will do anything for it. Making money will take up all of my time and mental space. Elohim doesn't fit in any of that. We also have celebrities that we love. They even call them idols in China now. So it's no longer a hidden thing. We spend most of our time watching them, trying to be where they are. We take a full interest in their interests. We worship them and defend them. We have posters of them in our home, pictures on our phones, just a lot of merchandise related to them. We even sometimes start dressing like them, saying we want to be like them. All this would have been a good thing if only it was for Yahushua exclusively. He is a jealous Elohim and will not share that type of attention or even a fraction of it with anything else because they don't deserve it and it doesn't profit us. Cherish sin is also a big problem. We're okay with Elohim until someone tells us to stop this thing that we love. Then it's bye-bye church. Some of us will stay but still won't change. And this is what Elohim has to say about that. Isaiah 59 verses 1 to 2 says, Behold, Yah's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your Elohim, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It's not about... Making a mistake, making a mistake and recognizing that it's a mistake and asking Yahuwah for forgiveness. I mean, truthfully, not just asking for forgiveness because you think that if you ask for it, you'll get forgiveness. No, as in actually being sorry for the thing that you did and actually going to actually try to stop, not make a promise and don't even try to stop, but try to actually stop until you do stop. Now, if you do that, you can get forgiveness. However, if we hold on to a cherished sin and talk about how much Elohim knows our hearts. And how, um, or worse, we try to look at at it as if it is not even a sin. Because, oh, we don't see, we don't see uh, the exact um, sentence in the Bible that says, oh, don't do this. Are we Kindergarten children? If we even don't see the sentence that says do not do this. I'm sure there are implications in the Bible that tells you not to do this. Um, let me interject here. Let me drop in falls here, right? See, earlier I read that the Bible says that in no wise will any of these things enter into the kingdom of heaven anything that tell it or make it a lie. Now, understand what is the meaning of false. If it is not true, then it is false. If this is not my hair, but I put it in as if it is my hair and people look at me and saying, your hair looks good. It's not your hair. You bought it. It didn't grow out of your follicles. Yehud did not make that. It is false. You are telling a lie with what you're doing. The hair in your hair is not your hair. It's false hair. And even if say, you try to go around it and say human hair, remember that touching a carcass is unclean. Your hair, when it grows out of the follicle, the hair outside of the follicle is dead. However, What constitutes it staying on your head is the fact that the root is living. The root that this, the hair on the outside is showing, is attached to a living follicle. The hair that you buy, that comes off of someone's head, is cut off. When that hair is cut off, it's no longer a part of a living being. It should be thrown away it should not be on your head so technically you're walking around unclean because touching a dead body usually makes you unclean because a dead human body is unclean just like how unclean animals you shouldn't even touch their carcass either because their carcass is unclean so We want to go around this thing and talk about, Oh, we didn't see that in the Bible. He doesn't need to tell us. We have understanding. We just choose not to understand because we want to do what we want to do. We love the world. We love this modern day that's filled with all this technology and all of these different forms of vanity. You know, all types of ways to have fun. But also... Endless ways to disrespect our creator. Endless ways to make him hate us. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be destroyed. Because of dead people's hair. Or plastic hair. Sorry. I'd rather not. I have hair on my head. Let's work with that. So... Your spouse or family also can become idols if you let them. If you want to lose out on your whole life because of one or several insignificant things, be my guest. To serve Him, nothing can surpass Him in your heart. Luke 14 verses 26 and 33 says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. You hear this? Let me read that over. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, cannot be my disciple. So whatever it is that you're holding on to is just proving to Yahushua that you ain't ready for this man. Other than adultery and having another God, it breaks other commandments as well like uh, taking his name in vain he doesn't want to be our favorite Elohim, but our only one. So don't pledge to another God and still call on His name. Also, break the Sabbath. Your chosen idol will not allow you to keep the Sabbath diligently. I'm telling you this. Also, dishonors this our Heavenly Father, which is dishonoring our parents. And practically, it's dishonoring our parents earthly parents too if we dishonor Yahuwah because we're making them look bad too. Stealing. When you take Elohim's attributes plus all the service we owe him and place it on something or someone else, we're robbing him. Also lying. There are no other Elohim. So idolatry is a blatant lie. We also change the truth of Elohim in our design to a lie by changing our appearance. Murder. With a new created God, we murder our relationship with Him and diminish His importance in our life. Also, if we had loved Him... We would have never tried to compare him to his lowly creations. So deep down, we actually despise him. Because that's, his, that's our idea of him in our heads. Matthew 6, verses 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve Elohim and Mammon. Covetousness. What Yahuwah gave us seems to have not been enough for us. So we had to get a new Elohim. Also, our creation is not enough for us. We have to add things and take away things and change things on ourselves to be satisfied. Yet we are never satisfied. And we know this, especially women. This moment we add the we do this hairstyle and we do it for like two weeks or one month and then next month. We have to change the hairstyle because we got bored. And all this money is going um, somewhere where Yahuwah did not give us permission to spend money on. But women are always bored. You understand? And they don't use their creativity to do stuff to their natural selves. But they use creativity to pollute themselves. Defile their bodies. Since almost anything can be an idol, then how can we avoid idolatry by doing proactive worship in our daily lives? If we love him and him only, prove it. Get rid of the vanity, all the impractical things in our life that don't help us or give him glory. These things may or may not hurt us now, however they do not help us. They will hurt us eventually. Both the inside and the outside matters because we are His temple. We have to clean out the leaven from not just our insides but on the out and our environment. After getting rid of the clutter, we refill our environment with things of Him according to this verse. Deuteronomy 6 verses 7 and 9. It says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest rises up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates so surround yourselves with him And there will be less opportunities for faltering. Be selective of what you let inside you. Let it be something that improves the health of either or both rather. Your spirituality, mind, and body. Ephesians 4 verse 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. Things that you do daily such as hobbies like are Such as hobbies or work or music, food, clothing, media, movies, books, games, etc. These should be regimented according to scripture and goodness. Carnality should not take up most of your day as what you focus on over time becomes you. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 23 and 31 says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of Elohim. You hear that? Whatsoever ye do, from the clothes you put on. Everything that you do must bring him glory. Talking about modern day and how, oh, it was just the Hebrews and the blah, blah, blah. The Bible says that salvation is of the Jews. Would any of us have known Yahushua without our ancestors? The Hebrews without them writing down these things would we have known him would if they even didn't start to you know make mistakes we wouldn't even have a chance at salvation which is why the Bible says that we should not exalt ourselves against them just because we now have a chance because he says just as how he can cut off the true vine and engraft us, the wild vine, onto the true vine. He can also cut us off, and take up that true vine, and put it back, and put it back on the true vine. So we can get a cut off as well. So we should never exalt ourselves or try to separate ourselves from them, as if our God is different from their God. And I'm not talking about um, the Jews that are uh, in so-called Israel right now. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about real Hebrews that were serving him and still were serving him until the day that some, some Jews started to rebel against Yahushua and would not accept him. I'm talking about the ones that came right down. We learned what we learned from him and from them. So we're moving on to number three. Which says, Thou shalt not take the name of Yahuwah thy Elohim in vain, for Yahuwah will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Exodus 20 verses 7. Yahuwah is practical. He is a spirit of purpose purpose and power even though humans do not like to be called for no reason we call his name many times for no reason we curse him and exalt ourselves against him we use his name in jest and even for swearing purposes we barely recognize him in our daily lives but when we want something we pray to him all of these are calling his name in vain Romans 10 verses 13 to 14 makes mention of this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Adon shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So we do not seek him, but we always seem to want his help. Do we really think he can be used? Judges 10 verses 12 to 14 says, The Zidonians also and the Amalekites and the Moanites did oppress you, and ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation." As for using his name as a jesting or swearing, we are pleasing Satan and committing both idolatry and adultery. And not to mention dishonoring our Heavenly Father. If we had really seen him as Elohim, we would not take his name so lightly. We must have another God in mind. Furthermore, we never just nor mock people in such a way if we truly love or prioritize them. Verbal abuse is an act of hatred, which is an act of murder. Calling him when we don't have a good reason is trying to steal his attention. If not for covetousness, why would we need to call him more than necessary? It will all be recompensed on our heads. So you see, it broke every other commandment. Matthew 5, verses 34. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is Yah's throne. If we break any of the nine commandments, yet still call His name, whether in blessing or cursing, we break this one as well. 1 John 2, verses 4. He that said, I know him, and keep not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So if we do not know him, and we call him as if we do, we are made liars. We must think before we call on such a sacred name. Is what I'm doing sensible? Psalms 66 verses 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Adon will not hear me, as we talked about cherished sin earlier. Should we be wasting our breath when the Bible says, Let our words be few? Ecclesiastes 5 verse 6 declares, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should Elohim be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? It seems like a foolish move to make. Moving on to number 4. Remember the Shabbat day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Shabbat of Yahuwah thy Elohim. In it thou shalt do not do any work. Thou nor anyone that is within thy gates. Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11. The Shabbat is the day that Yahweh rested from all his work. He is our leader. So there's no question as to why we should follow him. The Shabbat is forever a sign between Yahuwah and his people. Exodus 31 16 says, Wherefore the children of Yashorel shall keep the Shabbat to observe the Shabbat throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Perpetual means forever unending. It is also a seal of his children. It is a shadow of the eternal rest we are promised to enter in, and we not only keep it to rest our bodies and and honor Yahuwah, but also to remind us of our impending redemption. The Shabbat is a holy day of rest. It is Elohim's edict and must be followed by all. This means you, your family, Your employees, your animals, and anyone residing with you at the moment. You don't get to choose if you should observe it or not. The day has its rules. That means no servile work, whether it is household chores and or occupation. No kindling of fire. Prepare stuff from the day before. Use thermal cups and plates. So no... Electrical or gas ignited heat. Unless, of course, it's a cold day. No long journeys or carrying heavy weight. No carnal interests, conversations, hobbies, sex. No business trading. No defiling by sin. So you can feed, and and just in case you didn't understand when I was talking about no carnal interests, I mean no carnal conversations, no carnal hobbies, and no sex. You can feed your animals, of course, and take care of a family member who is unable to physically take care of themselves in the absence of assistance. This is an important commandment to Yahuwah for us. If we break this law, we are directly offending Elohim. He set aside a day, 24 hours for us and Him, where we can spend quality time together with Him without having to worry about the many cares of this life. He said we should keep it so that us and even the stranger within our gates can be refreshed. It is just like us. If we had set a date and our spouse missed it, we would be disappointed. If the spouse kept missing the date, we would be angry. And there is no excuse except that the person is greedy and doesn't prioritize us. Also, if the spouse is spending time with us yet their attention is elsewhere, we would be annoyed because we're not getting enough attention. And again, we would feel unimportant. And this is how... Elohim sees us. When we give when he gives us six days, but we refuse to give, give him the seventh, just one day. And we must not ignore it. He does so much for us, yet we do so little for him. In not keeping the Shabbat, we break all of the commandments. Stealing, we are robbing him of his time idolatry. Whatever it is that is more important to us than keeping his Shabbat is our idol. And it also breaks the first commandment as well about not having any other God. Lying. By exceeding the six days in greed we in our actions are lying that we do not have enough time. Dishonoring your heavenly father by disobeying him and Dishonoring your parents as well. Taking his name in vain. You don't even find him important enough to spend a day with him. Why call him? Covetousness. He gave us six days, but we still coveted his one day. We lack self control. Adultery. By not serving Elohim on the Shabbat, we automatically fulfill Satan's will. Wish is to be against Yahweh and make himself into a God. So when we disobey Yahweh, we automatically OBEY Satan. We cannot be pleasing someone else while being married to our Maker. Murder, which is also hatred. What we love, we cherish and prioritize. What we hate, we disregard. Also, with not taking time out to mentally and physically rest, we will cause our health to decline as well as others that are in our charge. The scripture says that if we keep all the commandments, including the ones we think are small and insignificant, we will be seen as great in heaven. If we prioritize Yahuwah, then He will prioritize us. He is fear in all His ways. The Shabbat is our refueling day where we thank Elohim for the past week and prepare ourselves spiritually and bodily for the upcoming week. The only instance that the Shabbat can be broken is on the basis of sudden need, something that could not be prepared for despite our best efforts, and if not remedied, might cause seriously bo- serious bodily harm or loss of life, human and animal alike. Let us continue to be identified as His people by following His word. Number 5 Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which Yahuwah thy Elohim giveth thee. Exodus 20 verses 12 Generally, our love, obedience, and respect is due especially to our Heavenly Father. And our earthly parents. I say this generally because not all parents are of the faith. And this is where things can get murky. The Bible says that we should honor all men. Owe no man any nothing except love. However, there is a different condition for obedience. Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 4 says. Children, obey your parents in the Adon, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of Yahushua. So there is no other foundation laid except in Mashiach. So we need to understand if what the parent is telling us to do is wrong, according to scripture, we must not obey nor disrespect them, but humbly decline. If we honor our heavenly father, we will also honor our earthly parents. If we dishonor our parents, then we automatically dishonor Elohim, which which again breaks every commandment. Which is why it is only it is the only commandment with promise. Now moving on to number six. Thou shalt not kill. Exodus twenty verses thirteen. This goes deeper than we think. Yahushua explains this in Matthew five, verse twenty one to twenty-four. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Here's another related verse. 1 John 3, verses 15 and 17. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut it up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of Elohim in him. If we hate one another, it is a sin. There are many acts of hate. For instance, if we break any of the Ten Commandments, it is an act of hate towards our Creator, according to John 14 verses 21. And other than being covetous, killing, stealing, including our our neighbor's spouse, and lying, there are other acts of hate towards our neighbor that's outlined above. If we communicate using condescending tones and derogatory terms to refer to our neighbors, Whether in seriousness or in jest, it is verbal abuse and an act of hate. If we must correct a wrong, do so in meekness and respect, being careful to remember that we ourselves have done wrong things in the past and would also want forgiveness and respect. The Bible says if we forgive others of their wrongdoings, Elohim will also forgive our wrongdoings. But if we don't, He won't. Leviticus 19 verses 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Adonai. Some other acts of hate include having respect of persons and selfishness. Persons many times will specialize in people for their own selfish purposes, but it is an abomination to Yah. If we want Yahuwah to treat us equally, we must also treat everyone equally, whether they are pleasant or unpleasant. Elohim himself causes the rain to fall on the just and unjust alike. The fact remains that we were not always who we are now. And it is only because of Yahushua's grace that we are now changed. And it is the same grace that we need to extend to others for them to change as well. Selfishness takes on many forms, like hypocrisy, etc. All forms are an act of hate and idolatry, making ourselves, instead of Elohim, the focus of our love. The act of selfishness that Yahushua hates the most is our unwillingness to share our possessions with someone in need. If we cannot extend a helping hand to someone in need, even when we can, it proves that we are a hateful person and cannot be identified as a disciple of Yah since He is love. If we do not share with others, Elohim will not bless us and we cannot ask for His help. Our love must be without dissimulation, even towards our enemy. For this is the will of Yah. Moving on to number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery as according to Exodus 20 verses 14. There is spiritual adultery and there is carnal adultery. Both are equally heinous to Yahuwah because he is an Elohim of faithfulness. As the scripture says, Yah is a jealous Elohim and he is more so than any human on the planet. We take his love for granted because he extends grace and long suffers our ways. But what will happen when he gets tired of it? He will separate himself, remove his protection and provision after that. We will be left lonely, destroyed, and desolate. Elohim hates adultery and we all do too. But we are too selfish Sometimes, so we bury our conscience and do the unthinkable and hurt an unsuspecting soul, leaving them utterly broken for a long time, and some never recover until they die. Adultery is very destructive and can hurt not just the three or more people involved, but entire families and friendships. It's a cowardly move, by the way. Not being able to let go again. Is another problem it's it's cowardly and indecisive it make you know we are too lazy nowadays to really make a decision and we are weak and we don't want to admit that we're weak <laughs> we think that um, you know sleeping around makes us um, I don't know, maybe we think we're clever and um, I don't know, there are words that people use to describe these people, they make them look like they're, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know man, I just never looked at it and I, so I can't even remember some of the words that people use to sort of praise this type of behavior. So... It's like a bowling alley, and adultery is the ball. I have mentioned this many times above that idolatry is a spiritual adultery. So when we commit spiritual adultery, we break the first two commandments. Other forms of spiritual adultery are fornication and an unequally yoked marriage. In 1 Corinthians 6 verses 15 to 18, it reads, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Mashiach? Shall I then take the members of Mashiach and make them the members of a harlot? Elohim forbid. But he that is joined unto the Adon is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. What? Know ye not that? he that we which is joined to an harlot is one body for to said he shall be one flesh if we join ourselves to a fornicator we become a harlot and it is the same and sorry i actually finished the verse so this is just me commenting here if we join ourselves to a fornicator we become a harlot and it is the same if we join ourselves to an unbeliever Second Corinthians 6, verses 14 to 18 declares, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Mashiach with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of Yah with idols? For ye are the temple of the living Elohim, as Elohim hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate. Say it, Yahuwah, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters. Say it, Yahuwah Almighty. we must be vigilant and sober to observe Elohim's laws and statutes. Our obedience is the proof of our faithfulness towards Him, including keeping ourselves away from intimate relationships with unbelievers. Did you just see what we read there? What agreement had the temple of Yah with idols? We are the temple of Yah. So if we date people who don't believe in Yahweh, even though they say they go to church, even though they're baptized if their lifestyle is showing that they indeed are serving mammon then it is then they are committing idolatry yes they're committing idolatry and we by joining ourselves unto them become one so we're both now committing idolatry Because we didn't tell them that they are wrong and that we will not agree to be in a relationship where someone is committing idolatry. Because sin is idolatry. Unbelievers are bad influences and as the scriptures instruct us that if sinners entice us we must not agree and that we must abstain from the appearance or indulgence of evil. There is no marriage consisting of three persons. One of the worst things is being separated from Elohim. He is a source of love, joy, power, self-control, and peace. So without Him, we will suffer. As for carnal adultery, there is another important thing to point out. In Matthew 5, verses 27-28, to And 31 to 32, it says, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, That whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, Hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, Let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, That whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication cause her to commit adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced commit adultery so here are the other aspects of adultery if we look at a person lustfully while we are married it is adultery if we look at a person lustfully while being single it is fornication so it is imperative to find fulfillment in Yahushua, so that the Ruach HaKodesh can subdue the lust of the flesh. Some unlearned persons will tell you that all looks between the opposite sex are lustful, but that is not true. Certainly not for me, because I'm not attracted to everybody other. I'm, I'm not an animal in heat. That is what separates us humans from animals. Thank you very much. That's why we were given dominion over them. Okay, so... And even in animals, they have choosy sex. So I don't even know what humans are trying to come up with this sort of stupid excuse. So you can cast an appreciative look at something or something beautiful and not desire to touch it or them. Nor possess it or them. And this is healthy admiration. Marriage has no end, as it says here in Mark 10, verses nine, eleven 11 to 12. What therefore Elohim hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committed adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committed adultery." Adultery happens when you leave your spouse and go to another spouse. The scripture does not promote divorce at all. Paul says that we should either be reconciled or separated but not divorced. It's not like you can marry anyone else anyway. The scripture says that the person is only free when the spouse is dead. This is the only time the person can remarry. Many people try to skip around this to please themselves, but the scripture says it plainly. If you marry someone who is divorced, it is a sin. When the disciples heard how strict the marriage law was, they said wisely that it would be better not to marry and later on Paul again. Encouraged people to stay single because it was easier to serve Yah that way. Paul said when we are married, we will encounter problems in the flesh. And Yahushua told the disciples that not all people can handle this, which is why some make themselves eunuchs for the faith's sake. Faithfulness is spoken of in Proverbs as well. Proverbs 5 verses 15 to 20. Drink waters of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, And rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, And be thou ravished always with her love. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman, and embrace the bosom of a stranger. If you're going to be in a relationship that honors Yahushua, take a long time to think about it before entering one. Remember that all marriages should reflect Yah's love for the church and that is an extremely tall order. Be, read, be ready to long suffer and know the contract only ends with death. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, don't go into it. The scripture says that it is better to not vow than to vow and not pay. Moving on to number 8. Thou shalt not steal. From Exodus 20 verses 15. This should be easy to understand yet people still do this almost automatically every day. Stealing is taking something that is not yours without letting the person know and without their permission. Just as how there is no white lie, there is also no petty thefts. All sins matter to Yah. Because it is the small acts of sin that are not repented of that later lead to major sins. Just as a plant starts from a small seed, each sin starts from a thought to a small action and when that thought becomes cherished, The actions repeat themselves and become a part of us, a behavior. If we take a spoon of sugar without asking, it is the same as robbing a bank. The wages of both of those acts of sin is death, believe it or not. Because of the behavior that they're fostering. The Elohim that we serve is just and fair. So if we think that because it was just a small insignificant act and the person that we stole it from won't even miss it, think again. If you know it is evil, do not do it. And if you have fallen into temptation, the moment you have realized the magnitude of what you have done, immediately repent. This does not mean to go down on your knees. This sorry i have a typo here in my script that i wrote okay so this doesn't mean to go down on your knees to pray for forgiveness because before you do that you must confess and ask for forgiveness and repay what you stole this is the only way your prayer will be heard by the almighty There are too many people going around with insincere apologies to Elohim. There must be a recompense. If we fail to restore, no matter what sin we have committed against one another, then Elohim himself will avenge the offended and we will not be delivered. Stealing is an act of taking matters in our own hands. So we do not see YAH as Elohim. So we make ourselves Elohim when we do that. And that breaks the first two commandments about idolatry. If we steal small, we steal big, which means even stealing Elohim's time on the Sabbath, because one sin leads to another. Stealing, this, uh, stealing dishonors both earthly parents and YAH our father. When we steal from our neighbor, we diminish their supply, which is the same as cutting them down. It is an act of murder. Our husbandman says not to steal, pay heed to what when we pay heed to what Satan wants instead, it this is an act of adultery. When we do this act, we are telling people that Yah cannot take care of us and that his hand is short, which is bearing false witness. If we feel that Yah cannot provide our daily needs, then it is vain to call upon his name. If we did covet what another person has, we wouldn't steal it in the first place. We steal many things in life without even thinking about it. We steal money, food items... Spouses, children, people, organs, people's inheritance, identities, time, ideas, etc. If a person owns something, they have the right to decide if they want to share it with you or not. Do not argue or fight over worldly positions, and do not steal, for it is not of the Father. Do not be like the world, be holy as the Father is holy and look towards righteousness in all of our day-to-day interactions whether we're dealing with an honest person or a thief proverbs 13 verses 11 says wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished but he that gather it by labor shall increase the meat that we measured will be measured to us again elohim will repay all those who steal so allow them to receive their reward and not get punished along with them. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 10 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous should not inherit the kingdom of Yah? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor revilers, sorry. Nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Yah. Number 9. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Exodus 20 verses 16. Lying is just as common as covetousness. This is because we lie even when we do not have to. What is a lie? Anything that is not true or real. Anything that is not natural. This world we live in today shows us perfect examples of lies that are blown out of proportion. As I said, every series of sins starts small. It can start something um, with something as simple as an affirmation statement in front of the mirror. Because a lot of the things that people tell themselves are a lie then we leave our houses and proceed to project this lie to everyone we meet. This is why we have a world crisis now with doctors, with doctors, all world leaders and media houses across the world lying to us. Lies are more destructive than atomic bombs. Sometimes we are not okay. And instead of facing our issues and slowly working through it, We instead put on a mask and let whatever it is fester inside of us until it becomes something damaging or kills us. Pride and greed is what mostly breeds lies, and when you have either of those in any organization, it will fail. Anything that is built on a lie is built on thin air and will not stand or last. This is why we are in a predicament today. Because we refuse the truth, we do not want to believe in Yahuwah, that He is our Elohim and Creator, that He is all-powerful and only what He says lasts forever. Romans 1 verse 25 says, Who changed the truth of Elohim into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Because of our pride and greed, We have dedicated ourselves to rejecting Elohim and making gods of ourselves every day. Rapidly doing things to replace Elohim. Changing everything and trying to make things last forever. Again, because of our ability to not be able to let go. But the Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. John 8 verses 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. No matter how they want to run away from it, there is an end coming, an end to all lies, and there will be nothing that any of us will be able to do about it. Revelation 21 verses 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burn it with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. According to scripture, a little leaven, leaven up the, leavens the whole lump. There is no such thing as a white lie. Many times people tell people, lies because they don't want to hurt their feelings and end up making the situation worse because by the time the person finds out it can no longer be fixed sometimes we get the person in deep trouble because of our lie in some cases our well-intentioned lies even cause death the best way to be loving is to tell the truth in a loving way or if it is not our place to say anything don't say a lie is like a temporary band-aid, when the wound instead needs proper bandage. A lie will make something look less urgent than it really is. We lie in many ways, and in all ways it hurts. And the person being lied to, verbalize f- whether verbal lies or fake jewelry, fake hair, source, texture, and color. Fake body parts, fake food and drinks which come from artificial ingredients and colors, makeup, anything that promotes vanity, such as careers or jobs, books, radio, movies, TV, shows, games, music, fake identity, fake money, fake clothes, fake brands and clothes that are made mostly from artificial materials, counterfeiting on a whole, fake doctrine, fake solutions, fake medicine, fake news, fake professional advice, etc. The Yahuwah we serve is a Elohim of truth. It is impossible for Him to lie. The Ruach HaKodesh that we need to sustain us comes from Him and is a spirit of truth. We cannot serve Him or even think of housing His Spirit within us if we embrace any type of lies. Us as natural as we, are, we were created without any additions, eating what Elohim created is as truthful as we can get. Living like this is a show of solidarity and honor to who we really support and love. So when we live like this, it is a show of solidarity and honor to who we really support and love, which is Yahuwah. Lying, however, is a direct defiance against Elohim because He is truth. So we elevate our opinion of the situation over the Almighty Yah, which is idolatry, therefore breaking the first two commandments. If we don't believe in His truth, Then we call upon his name in vain. If you lie on the other days, you will most definitely lie on the Shabbat. Which breaks the Shabbat. That is if you even believe in the Shabbat. Because when we believe in a lie, we won't believe the truth. We dishonor our earthly parents and our Heavenly Father when we lie. Because we'll lie to them too. Lying is stealing that person's understanding from them and replacing it with your own. Let me say that again. Lying is stealing that person's understanding from them and replacing it with your own. No matter what you think, lying is an act of hate, which according to scripture is murder. And sometimes it really does get us killed. When we do not like the result that the truth produces, we covet a different truth and so turn to lying just like what the bible says that we a lot of us in 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 the the last days are going to turn from the true doctrine and go gather to ourselves teachers with itching ears so we're gonna turn from the truth and turn to fables Lies are the devil's greatest weapon. They are the ball and chains that he uses to put us under bondage. Do not be imprisoned by him, and do not become a tool to imprison others. John 8 verses 31 to 32 says, Then said Yahushua to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now to the last commandment, number 10. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. Exodus 20 verses 17. The number one sin in the entire world. This sin was from the beginning, being one of the first two sins Adam and Eve committed and it has been passed down through generations. The world is now engulfed in it. Knowing no self-control, we seem to cannot be satisfied and are ungrateful. What is covetousness? A strong desire after the possession of worldly things. That's according to Colossians 3 verse 5, Ephesians 5 verse 5, Hebrews 13 verse 5, 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 and 10. In Matthew 6, verses 20, it assumes sometimes the more aggravated form of avarice, which is the mark of cold-hearted worldliness. The Bible says that we should not lust after worldly things and seek to accumulate them. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor dust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also this is very hard to teach since the congregation is fully saturated by covetousness, so much so that they twist scriptures to fit into their way of thinking. Even though they see blessed blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or in Isaiah where it says, To this man will I look, he that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. The world has for a long time been redesigned by the devil to hate poverty. And not just poverty, but poor people. We put people into classes based upon the possessions they own, which was never of Elohim to begin with. Yahushua said to a certain man who wanted him to persuade his brother to split the inheritance, In Luke 12, verses 14 to 15, he says, And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Many people get seriously damaged or even die because of their fight over material things. But is it worth it? Even a rich man, the Bible says, that no matter what he has, he can by no means redeem his brother's soul or stop him from dying. And that's according to Sam's 49 verses 6 to 9. The rat race for worldly things is pointless and unfulfilling. Humans were not designed to be fulfilled outwardly, so no amount of material possessions will make us completely happy. We will always want more. In St. Matthew chapter 6, Yahushua displays his father's capability, showing us that there is no need to worry about such things. And once we seek after him, everything that we need will be added unto us. Now I want all of us to understand that we do not decide what is a need for us. Yahuwah does. And we also don't decide when He grants us our need because we are not God, we are not Elohim, we are not the Creator, He is. So He knows when we need it. It's not exactly when we think we need it, we need it. So this is because a lot of times, humans do not know what they need. Your Creator knows you better than anyone else and even better than yourself. So he will know what will help you and what will only hurt you. In our carnal minds, we cannot see what is ahead and so cannot perceive the effects of our desires, which is why our Heavenly Father, who sees and knows all, has taken on the responsibility of preserving our souls. As the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6 verses 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yahuwah loves his children and does not want them to suffer unnecessarily. If we must suffer, it should not be self inflicted. Covetousness is making material things or what someone has the focus of our heart, which is idolatry. Therefore, breaking the first two commandments. If we are covetous, we will hate Yahuwah because the Bible says we cannot serve two masters. This will only lead us to call His name in vain because we do not regard Him. Only material things. Covetousness is the cause of people breaking the Shabbat because we believe that six days are not enough for us and we cannot afford to lose anything just because of keeping the Shabbat. we will never be able to honor our parents if we are covetous because we will be selfish and stubborn covetousness will cause us to steal people through covetousness do to others all sorts of evil which are acts of hate which are acts of hate which are acts of murder Not to mention, people actually kill people for material things. They even kill themselves when they can't get what they want. Or they think their life is unhappy. Once you start coveting, you will certainly lie. And we commit spiritual adultery once we covet things more than Elohim. And the thing is, Satan does really offer people things if they bow down to him. So that, again, is adultery. Carnal adultery is committed when we lust after another person's spouse. So it cannot happen without covetousness. Yahushua never believed in riches. What he loved was his father and his people. 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9 For ye know the grace of our Adon Yahushua HaMashiach, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. We matter to Elohim more than material things, so we should value our souls and his love over them as well. We were created to have dominion over all things earthy, not to be dominated by them. As the Apostle said, that if only in this life we have hope, we are as men most miserable. Whatever man can create is mediocre at best, because man cannot make anything perfectly. The knowledge that man has comes from Yahuwah, and it is only a tiny part of the wisdom our Creator has. Where we live and exist is also a part of His power. There is more for us to see and have. Immortality is better than any material thing you can possess. And only one person can give that to us. Nothing in this mortal life can make us truly happy because Yahuwah is the only source of joy. 1 Timothy 6 verses 10 to 12 says for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou o man of yah flee these things and follow after righteousness holiness faith love patience meekness fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. He told us to eat and drink because this is our portion in this life. In the New Testament, we are told to be content with food and raiment. For anything else, He already knows what we need before we pray for it and will provide our daily needs. This world is not our own. We should look to the world... To come because the fashion of this world is passing away. The Bible says that whoever is rich, full, and happy now will be destitute, hungry, and sorrowful in the next life, which is eternal, according to Luke 6 verses 24 to 26. So choose wisely how we want to spend eternity. Thank you again. For listening and until next time to check out more or to contact me you can reach me at wattpad at the pen or on wordpress at little kaleidoscope girl or on telegram at Kodeshim royale or you can email me at little girl at gmail.com Thank you and until next time.